community, resiliency, and sustainability are the goals behind every decision you make. Every day, municipalities across Indiana face countless fiscal challenges, whether addressing economic distress, budgetary restrictions, downgraded credit ratings, or human capital needs. Local governments rely on Baker Tilly's guidance to navigate unprecedented situations and strategically plan for a resilient future. Our advisors, conveniently located in Indianapolis and Mishawaka, collaborate closely with municipal leaders to transform challenges into opportunities. From forging strong growth goals to exploring effective solutions designed to enhance the quality of life for Indiana communities, we go there with you. Welcome to AIM Hometown Innovations Podcast. This podcast is designed to offer insights, best practices, and innovative solutions for the challenges facing Hoosier cities and towns. Each edition will offer ideas and inspiration while showcasing the talent and commitment of Indiana's local leaders. Enjoy the program. Hi, welcome to the AIM Hometown Innovations Podcast. I'm Matt Greller with AIM. Joining us today is Ben Lips, the town manager of Cumberland, Indiana. Welcome to the podcast, Ben. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. I was doing a, a bit of research on your background, and I, I noticed that uh, you were the public works director for the town, among other things, in your in your history so far. Cold morning like today, did you uh, get a little twitchy about snow coming and having to deal with those kinds of things? Uh, always. Today was also the uh, first day of curbside leaf pickup for the town, so that's that's oh. always a, a fun time for citizens as well. Do uh, does anybody try to hide couches or anything in inside their pile of leaves or uh, leaves or no? You would be surprised what people actually do <laughs> try to hide in their leaves. Uh. I probably wouldn't be surprised actually. Um, ben, you uh, you started working for the town. 18 years ago when you were looks like about six uh, by, by the judging <laughs> judging things as a seasonal employee uh, you cut grass it sounds like you did a number of different things for the town what what sparked your interest in municipal government and, and public service it's a good question because it's not at all where I thought I would end up I started working for the town when I was 18, like you said, seasonally mowing grass with having in mind going to school and pursuing environmental science and through that got into water quality. And I was actually planning at the end of that to go private sector, but fell in love with the town and public sector work while working here. And when I graduated, there was an opportunity to start working in our stormwater uh, department and overseeing that and fell in love with Cumberland and fell in love with, you know, working for local government where you actually get to see the results of your work bettering the community kind of in real time. So it's a cool story. You know, I, I did an interview last week for a publication and the reporter asked me, you know, why do people want to serve in local government? And the answer I gave was, is that it is really the only public service job, if you will, whether you're a manager or mayor or just working for the town in another capacity, where you can go to work in the morning and see a problem and have it fixed by the time you, you go home that evening. And you know, just that simplistic ability to improve the community, help people out, I think is an important thing and is often overlooked. That's right. I think, Ben, uh, 
you know, I know that Cumberland's unique. It, it sits uh, in two separate counties, uh, but for folks listening, why don't you talk a little bit about that and some of the unique challenges that that provides? We're one of 20 in Indiana that sits in multiple counties, but I think one of the few that sits in Marion County and Hancock County, the only with that specific combination in Marion County, we're actually included with UNIGOV, uh, which creates a lot of interesting dynamics because about 40% of our town uh, has jurisdiction that is shared with Indianapolis in several areas, whereas in Hancock County, we're fully autonomous. So Marion County, things like redevelopment authority, planning authority, and code enforcement go through the city, but uh, maintenance of all of the infrastructure comes through the town. So it it does create some interesting dynamics, which we've tried to change our approach with a lot of that since I've been town manager in the past three years. We've been working with the city more directly on MOUs and things like that, where we can actually oversee a lot more of the town kind of in our own right in the Marion County half. And then in Hancock County, we we operate like any other town. So beyond that, we also sit in three school districts and we have, you know, state highway coming through. So we're we're jurisdictionally friends with all kinds of people. Yeah, you did mention there were 20 other communities that, that split counties and I guess that's that's accurate, but I always think of Cumberland first, given that you know you're splitting you're splitting time, so to speak, with the, the capital of the state of Indiana and and another county. So that's got to be pretty interesting. That's a good segue, though, into economic development and community development. You know, obviously now the the focus is on regionalism. We we talk about it, we act on it regularly. You know, our listeners, I'm sure, would like to hear more about what you're doing in, on that front, maybe the Mount Comfort Corridor efforts, some of those kinds of things that have been going on for you. Absolutely. So you mentioned the Mount Comfort Corridor efforts, which um, is really a good regional effort and that Hancock County government, McCordsville, New Palestine, Cumberland, and several kind of not-for-profit entities years ago decided to work together, making Mount Comfort Corridor a significant corridor. It ties to I-70, US-40, State Road 52, several key places. And we really wanted to make sure we were designating the land use around that for specific quality of life amenities and North of 70, there's a lot of industrial up there too. So we wanted to plan for making sure that industrial flowed to the interstate appropriately and not through the cities and towns. But going through that process now, there's an overlay that all of the county entities, including ourselves, have adopted for those land use standards and these mixed use nodes, which for Cumberland's really important because Mount Comfort and US 40 we designated as a mixed use uh, center for the town, which would be, I don't want to call it a town center because we're one of the only communities in there that actually has a historic downtown, but it would be a quality of life hub there. When I became town manager, we formed a community development corporation and have since actually purchased about 33 acres at that intersection. And our redevelopment commission has now master planned that. And we're working on some development deals to start kind of that mixed use quality of life hub there at Mount Comfort and US 40. That's great. Uh, great work. A lot of growth going on on the east side of Marion County, for sure, whether it's 
Pew, New Pal, that whole area seems to be exploding here recently for sure. Maybe switch gears just a little bit. I know you're a, a big advocate for parks and trails. Cumberland's been a strong, a strong leader in that. That area invested a lot of time in funding. Um, maybe talk about some of those projects that are at the forefront of your your mind right at the moment. I know the Penzi Trail, Care Road projects have been big, big ticket items here lately. Absolutely. Quality of life projects, parks and trails is kind of what we try to live and breathe here. Uh, we have one of the highest walkability scores in central Indiana with a, probably about 96% of our neighborhoods connected to trail in some sort of fashion. We are expanding our trail system currently to add some more neighborhood connectors, but one of the more exciting things we have going on, you talked about all the growth on this edge of the county. We've approved around seven and th 735 new housing units between multifamily and single family, but one of those developments is a neighborhood called Parkview Village. Uh, that will be kind of in the heart of our town. And it's called Parkview because we worked with the developers in DNR and we're actually building out a 10 acre community park in the heart of this neighborhood that will be connected to our trail system, completely set up as a regional park for the community with playground, community gardens, trail access, bike lanes, uh, on-street parking all kinds of great amenities that's entirely funded through uh, developer land donation and land water conservation funds. So the Cumberland taxpayers actually will not have had to spend a dime to build this kind of quality of life piece. So that's one park we have going separate from that's that. That's really, it. Uh, sorry oh, to interrupt ahead. you, Ben. That's re really interesting. So that's a town park. It'll be maintained and owned by the town once it's done. Yep. And how did the negotiations with the developer go? I assume they were interested in it. They're moving forward with you on it, right? Correct. We saw opportunity there because as we were growing, we needed to keep our level of service up for our parks. And uh, we actually approached the developer early on and said, you know, there could be opportunity for you guys to donate some land for tax benefit for them. It's not completely altruistic on their part, right? They can write that <laughs> off, but we know that. So we wanted to kind of use that because we needed park space there. And we talked early on with them about donating land and said, hey, what would you think about this complete community idea where you have all levels of housing, uh, parkland, but also access and accessibility for the entire community. And you'd need to donate about X amount of land for this to work, which you guys could write off and uh, do that. And they were, they were all for it, which we weren't sure how that would go, but uh, the tax incentive, I think certainly helped that. The next hurdle was talking to DNR and saying, will they accept their land donation as match in kind, uh, which they would. And then how do you guys feel about a park that you're sponsoring with grant that's going to have a three to five year build out as opposed to a typical LWCF project, which is normally done, you know, six months to one year. Uh, right. And they'd never done this before. Through some negotiation back and forth, they were very helpful and they were able to go to the feds and get it approved. And now we're moving forward. That development broke ground about two months ago and phase one of the park is starting to move forward and in uh, final design now uh, to get that phase one built out and submitted to DNR. That's a really uh, interesting concept, one that we, we ought to look at replicating in other parts of the state. You know, you get these 
quasi parks that developers put in and then hand them over to the homeowners association and they they don't turn into much after a few years so this is something that clearly be around for a long time with the town's involvement that's really interesting all right ben i appreciate you joining our our podcast today uh one last question some of my aim spies and this goes right along with our recreation uh related focus here tell me you're a a big time cyclist and that you really enjoy uh, getting out and about on the bike is that is that accurate and and how does that help you you know see recreation and connectivity in the town a little little differently than maybe some others that that is accurate it helps me in several ways one trying to stay in shape obviously first and <laughs> foremost but b you know it, it helps you with those accessibility issues where can i get and where can't i get i like to ride around uh, our community here but also all communities and see what we're doing well what they're doing well what we're doing poorly what they're doing poorly through that those lens you really don't see certain things until you're using it, right? I mean, it's the same as walking on trails, hiking, uh, getting out in your parks. You have to use those amenities. My wife makes fun of me because when we're out on vacation, even I'm in parks and stuff and I have my phone out taking pictures of all the amenities and things that I like while we're there. Cause I'm like, they're, they're doing a really good job at this. She's like, okay, but you're pushing our son on the swing right now. Let's focus on, <laughs> focus on that. And I'm like, all right. It, it really makes me want to drive and continue to drive what had been handed over to me and be a good steward of kind of continuing the complete streets, the trails and accessibility for everyone dealing with some of that myself and being able to look at it through that lens. Well, Ben, it's been great having you on our Hometown Innovations podcast. Really appreciate you taking the, a few minutes to join us today. Thanks for, thanks for being here. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate you having me. This podcast was sponsored by Baker Tilly Municipal Advisors.